Welcome to the Disc Dump Podcast. I'm your host, Miles Trout, and I'm on a mission to declutter my house one disc at a time. Hello and welcome to the Disc Dump Podcast. I am your host, Miles Trout, and this is the show where we listen to music, play games, or watch movies in an effort to decide, are we going to keep the discs or are we going to dump them? Once again, I am remotely joined by some friends for this episode, and today I am joined by Will Estel and Jared Miller. How are you fellas today? I, al- I almost waved, <laughs> but I realized it would just be you guys, but hi. <laughs> I'll do What's it anyway. Going on? What's going on? Today we're going to be talking about August Burns Red, and it's going to be their album Found in Faraway Places. But first, a brief history. I guess we can start with, you know, the basics. Album came out in 2015 couple years ago so this would be what five years ago i think this album is one that can be controversial among the fan base because i think out of all their albums this is really one that they on some songs stepped away from some of the traditional things that you might have heard on messengers and constellations kind of their staple albums and Which is- try to fool you know they try to fool around some different things but i think all in all they made it work well, which is interesting because a lot of people like I'd start with like how you like where you first came across August Burns Red and like kind of I feel like at what point in their discography did people come in is going to be how this album is received. Like Definitely. at what point you discovered the band makes a difference is the, usually how people feel about this album. I mean, I was listening like Backburner and like some of the old school tracks that I came across when they still kind of a local band even um, are light years away i think from how well this out i love this album i'll start with saying that but me too it just feels like it was it's like a grown-up version of messengers yeah i came in at messengers but i only liked a couple songs on it because i wasn't super into heavy metal at the time and now sure. I, now i enjoy it but it actually it was you jared who you came up to me when i was working at isaac's and you were like dude they dropped a new album and i was like Oh, cool. You know, I'm not a huge fan of them. And you took your earbuds out and you stuck them in my ears and went, listen to this. And uh, I was like, all right, this is badass. So I immediately went to FYE and I went and I bought this album and I've listened to it probably once or twice a week ever since. So it was like, that's so funny. I don't remember that, but that sounds like something I would have done. That's really funny. It's kind of coming back to me now, but that's that's hilarious. That's that's awesome. I remember the Isaac days. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, for sure. They were a thing. You know, with, with this album, they definitely kind of stepped out of their comfort zone, I think, to do some things that were a little risky, especially with some of the songs that we're going to be diving into. Um, but you wanted to start from the beginning and kind of talk a little bit about each song a little bit? Sure. Um, yeah, so The Wake the wake was the first track on that, yeah. um, mm-hmm. which I think they come out of the gates swinging with that. It's, I mean, it's a... It's a song that doesn't slow down from start to finish. I mean, it's like a three and a half minute song of just, we're here to make a statement. Yeah, I don't think they, I completely agree. I don't think they could have picked a better song to open it with. What's cool is I'm I'm thinking back, I'm like 99% sure, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure this is the song that they actually had released as their first single for the album. And, you know, typically when bands will release something, they, they definitely release something that's a little bit more safe. 
and something that the majority of the fans are going to to like and draw themselves to. Um, but no, uh, this song, The Wake, is definitely one to open everybody's Yeah, they released it. We're, yeah. They released uh, The Wake in April back in like 2015. And it was like their single that said like, this is kind of what's coming. And then it was the, the kickoff track of the whole album. So it was like a big, like usually a single isn't the first track you put on an album. Honestly, though, when I first listened to this, this song was the one that caught me the least because it's like so hardcore and it punches you in the face yeah. as soon as you turn it on. So it took me a couple of listens, but it's definitely there isn't a bad song on this album, but it definitely was it's grown on me a lot since the beginning of this. Um, so definitely. And, you know, if we're going to talk about, you know, what the lyrics mean, I think this is cool because it's kind of like a save the earth, save the planet song, you know, within the song, they're talking about you know, how the, the earth is crumbling and how we need to do our part to, to save the earth. And it's so funny hearing somebody in a metal band screaming about saving Well, that's the, earth, the biggest thing is I they're not so negative great. in any of their song. Like, none of their songs are really a negative-based song. It's They're always either, like, finding something, like, relation or overcoming something or, like, it, for a metal band to be positive is so kind of backwards in a lot of like when metal scene first came out now it's becoming more of a trend but when it first started yeah i think this song for sure is or i think every song that they write has a message of like hope in it that you know whether it's the earth you know being destroyed by you know humanity or whether you're going through a hard time whatever the lyric themes are there's always kind of an underlining theme of hope in most of their songs which i think is really cool yeah and i mean i'm not a christian personally i don't know if you guys are but i uh i find that even with all the positivity and everything about this album that is religious it doesn't bother me like they the lyrics are about it but it doesn't feel like hey i'm shoving christianity down your throat like you have to believe no. what i believe well, like it's a well they're universal topics that aren't based in religion it's put it's 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 topics that everyone's going to come like against and like their their kind of point of view on how to overcome a lot of these struggles but like that's why they were or are and i can't remember the statistics on it but like the number one selling christian rock band in america for years because of how relatable they don't like that's just their place of addressing things it's not like an agenda yeah man they're fucking killer and to like think that they're semi-local to where we grew up is is just wild to me um so then their next song is uh martyrs or martyr rather uh martyr yeah that song has some sick shredding in it <laughs> they're so bad it does i remember this is probably one of my least favorite songs on the album. I don't know why. It's just a song that I don't know. I That's love all of... their music. It really does. I really do love all their music. However, I will say I saw this song live. I did see them play this song, and I liked it much more live than I did uh, when I when I listened to. It. I mean, I'll listen to this song and over over and over again, but I liked it much more live than than just hearing it on the track from a musician standpoint like it's really fun to play it's hard to play uh i actually use a couple excerpts from this song as exercises on guitar but at listening it's not the most entertaining but with what jared said uh it's great to see live because i think they enjoy playing it as much as i do 
Mm-hmm. I mean, this is just an assumption, but like it's really fun to play live because it's easy. You kind of feel like you're in a groove uh, once you kind of pick it up. But it's it's one of those that I think is made for live showing because the band enjoys it. At least when I saw them live, it they definitely seem to like step up with that song. And like I I can see where you're coming from because it definitely takes like a bluesy harmonic kind of tone in the middle of it and if there's anything i've learned about blues is a lot more fun to play than it is to listen to so that kind of makes sense to me that it would be like one of their favorite songs to play even if it's not necessarily the best song in the album but i like the uh the lyrics to it that where they say one day you'll learn to stop holding it all in and learn to let go and to forgive sometimes i just walk around my house like singing that song like the lyrics to that song, it just, goes <laughs> just, over yeah, just yelling it in the bathroom <laughs> in the shower just letting loose you know what i mean yeah your neighbors have called the cops like three times but you know it's my favorite song so <laughs> i mean this is definitely isn't my favorite song in the album but like i said earlier there isn't a bad song on this album at all so um, I mean, no but that's just, just like singing these... it and playing it yeah it's catchy like you've been a hypocrite for years drawing swords as much as you draw their tears demand what you will never deserve respect is gained by trust shown and earned like what the fuck man like that's that's gold well interesting interesting enough like looking at the lyric layout is they don't have their traditional verse chorus verse chorus verse chorus layout on this this is almost like free verse poetry put into like a brutal song and i feel like that's a lot of their lyrics i feel like more recently they've they've done a lot of like a like a stereotypical song right like verse chorus and all that but traditionally i think they're they're more of just we're gonna write amazing lyrics and throw some music behind it and then it's gonna be a banger so yeah yeah the the album definitely has like emotional highs and lows and i feel like this song has both emotional highs and lows in it and i like kind of stands out for that reason i think because most of them seem to they have like a range of emotion but a lot of them kind of stick to a pocket for majority of the song but this one this one's like a roller coaster of emotion um (laughs) And Identity is the next one. You said they got uh, nominated for a Grammy on that? Yeah, so this song was the first song that they were nominated for a Grammy on. And I know uh, that they were all very surprised when they were nominated for a Grammy and when they were nominated for this song. I I mean, I don't think anybody in you know the scene uh, that ABR is in really saw this coming when it comes to getting nominated for a Grammy. And their next album they were nominated for a grammy too so you know they're de- i think this was an album that kind of put them above maybe some of the other bands in in their scene because that's of that why nomination. I, think I think that's why they're still around for sure like they're, they've changed so like they're they're pushing boundaries on a lot of things and like looking at the lyrics so that's a long song identity is almost it's, it's a little over four minutes but the lyrics like i'm on a 40 inch screen and i had to scroll to get to the bottom of the lyrics like yes yeah. I liked the it's, music it's video. A lot. The music video made me laugh. Oh, it's great. Where he's like fighting yeah. off sharks with what was clearly just a stick in his hands when they filmed it. <laughs> oh, definitely. Oh, it's like green screen to the max. I love it. It's it's so cool. Yeah, I... It reminds me a lot of uh, the One A Day to Remember video where, mm-hmm. yeah, they just kind of use like almost cut out like South Park type animation to make their video and it, it just worked really well. I can't remember really. what song that is. This one, like, everyone seems to be influenced by, like, a different genre. And it's weird to say, like, this heavy metal album was influenced by right surf back rock. at it again. Oh, that one? Yeah, that's a good song. Yeah. Um, Great song. But, yeah, the, like, the fact that this album was influenced by surf rock on some level is, like, silly to me. 
Well, the, it, that goes that jumps into the, the the really controversial topic of all these little the interludes that they're putting into these songs. Because uh, where you hear that little surf rock interlude in there, which they did in their last album in a little bit of a different way, but I think in this album they really tightened it up and make it made it feel like at home, where it was that they were just trying to force this interlude into it. Yeah. Uh, and that's why I think this album is like a really mature version of stuff they've done in the past because they figured out how to apply all these stuff that they, these elements and themes they were playing with before and putting it like to an, an even more efficient use in this album. And, I agree and like, with that. Surf rock, like, and jumping ahead, like you listen to like majoring in the minors and it's like a, a like a country interlude and it's just kind of like, but it all builds up to something. It like moves the song in a direction. So you're not just in a static location sonically listening to kind of like the same theme over and over again. Like so many songs on this album I've listened to where like it starts in one place and like by the end of the song, it's in a completely different theme, but it doesn't feel forced or rushed. Side note on just talking about that, when they bring it back into the, the heavy metal part, this is my favorite guitar solo on the whole album is when they like go from the surf rock back into the hard rock. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. It, it's just a buildup. And that's like, they, they use these interludes that they, that into either a breakdown or an interlude into a guitar solo. And then the breakdown comes afterwards, which breaks the mold on like chorus first, chorus first, like a brutal breakdown out of nowhere. And then back to the same same equation. I think what's so great about this album is, you know, if you were to tell me that a metal band is putting surf rock and folk music or like even like a polka theme into their music, I'd say, you're a fucking maniac, right? Like, why would you ever do that? <laughs> Out of your but, mind. <laughs> but when you listen to this, you know, it's especially this song, it, it doesn't, like you said, well, I think you hit the nail on the head. It doesn't seem forced. It seems organic, and it seems like it was always just kind of meant to be. And it's not like they were like, okay, let's pick a genre and then just throw that into that a genre. song. No, it, it's like it was, you know, meant to be. And this song is great. And when it comes to the lyrics, you know, this song is all about, you know, coming out of the closet and accepting, you know, trying to get yourself accepted into society. And I think it's such a great song. And I think it's, you know, something that I'm sure a lot of people have listened to to overcome a lot of things in their life. And that's the thing. I think this this like every one of these songs has something that someone can grab to and why they've been so successful. And we've seen so many metalcore bands drop off the map is because people stop being able to relate to them. And they're, yeah. they're throwing these, these topics that no one really wants to talk about into like every album. And it's like their fan base is growing with them. So they're adapting kind of like, like their songs in like messengers were completely different topics because that was the age they were in and now they've grown and their topics have changed with them mm -hmm. you know the thing is like some bands you know i feel like there was a period where all these metalcore bands whatever you want to call it were trying to be like inspirational right they wanted to be this sort of like like look up to me i'm, I'm like speaking a lyrics like a beacon that's a great yeah. way to put it right but i feel like abr has always done a great job of being that band but not marketing themselves as that band they're a band that you're going through some shit throw on some of their songs or read their lyrics and you can relate or you can 
grow in in reading that, but they've never been like, you know, the you band gotta where it's like, like we have this front man that everyone should come listen to us. No, it's not like that. It's just who we are. And I think yeah, that's he's why a, they he's a monster of a front man. He is a oh. monster of a front man. Oh, like no live when he's just angel posed at the top with like the lights behind him is oh, I, it's incredible. I have that photo. I have a photo of him that I took. Uh, that is just like the epitome of frontman photos. Yeah, dude. Um, Brahmi and I went for like ever. I think for like we just had our. I'm gonna say five year anniversary. Congratulations. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hope it's five, not six. I'm <laughs> <laughs> gonna uh, check a calendar on that. Yeah. Well, we've also been dating since high school with a small break in between, so it's a little convoluted. Um, but every year for Valentine's Day, we either she bought or I bought, or, or we'd set up to go see August Burns Red on Valentine's Day, which was our original anniversary. Wow. Um, and like it's always like August Burns Red has been a part of my life, but also weirdly enough, my relationship. And she's not a metal person. She was raised in a household that um, her dad was a director of music at an Italian conservatory for like classical music and he like they were classical music she didn't even really listen to pop until she got into high school and like to this day she's like august burns red puts on one of like the best live shows that she's been to and we've seen them like three or four times now and like including she's got us like backstage passes and stuff like that like it's a it's such a relatable band for it and that's a, that's I still can't get over that fact. They're just ridiculously relatable, no matter what background you come from. But if you are looking for like that beacon, and you go read their lyrics, you can connect to them. But they're not like you said, marketing it as like this is what our band's about. It's just natural, yeah, not not forced. Yep. Well, uh, I think that we've come to a pretty good choice here. Then that the song that the audience is about to hear is Identity by August Burns Red off of the album Found in Faraway Places. Check it out. Serves up. Serves up, bro.
Okay, so that was fascinating. I'm going to take a drink of my drinky drink here real quick. I'm going to go grab another drinky drink. Can I, I do that? God, I'm three deep already. Are you drinking out of a fucking wine glass? Yeah. I have a, a no. snifter. No, I'm talking about... It's a snifter, but it's a, it's a it's a it's a it's a wine glass, but it's the same concept as a snifter, where it allows the the beer to bloom inside it's the wine glass. glass. It's a yeah, wine glass. you're still wrong, Will. It's okay. You need a, you you're need still wrong. <laughs> it's it's a long stem version of what you have, Miles. Yeah, yeah. But mine. Do you know looks the difference? Fancier. Do you know why you have a long stem on a glass? Why is that? Because when you hold the glass, the heat from your hand does not change the temperature of the beverage inside it. So wine, being served at a specific temperature, uses a long stem to not change the temperature at which the, the drink is received. Mm. Quick shout out to, to Matt here. Got this from him. It's a, a bottle opener made from a used symbol. That's cool. That's brilliant. Um, what song's up next? Uh, Separating the Seas, I think. Yes, I believe yeah. that's the one. I, I see, yeah, listen. I hope the audience enjoyed Identity, but now we're going to be talking about Separating the Seas. Do you want to talk about an intro to a song that'll make you just kind of like, go like, wait, what the fuck is happening? That's this song, man. The intro, uh, the whole song is just very, very fast, very just like, and uh, yeah, I just love the intro. I just love the intro. So sick. When I'm ready to thrash and I have this album in, I skip right to this song because I just know that it starts off with such a kick. Yeah. And like the funny thing is, like again, it's a it's a metal song, but it also like this whole song refers to Moses separating the seas during the the Israelites' escape from the Egyptians, and that's what the, the whole basis of this song is on. And you can listen to it, and it's not forced on you. It's an awesome topic, and it's it's just brutal, but it has like a actual grounding in something realistic yeah minus the whole separating of the seas being realistic but i was gonna say interesting choice of words but what i like (laughs) what i like about this one is the like gypsy section that they have in it and like when i i'm gonna have like a dnd you say gypsy and the reason for a gypsy type interlude is because they, they were wanderers like that's it's based there for a reason that's a good point. It's all it's it's uh like every the one biggest note I had on this whole album is everything's there for a reason. Um and like their uh the interlude is there because it, it has something to do with the song topic and they picked the theme for that interlude because of the topic. That's really interesting. I never even thought about that. The little the that section of that song, which I enjoy very thoroughly, when I have a D and D podcast that hopefully after this COVID thing is done, I will be able to get back into doing that. I wanted to consult with them and see if I could make that like that section, the theme for the, the podcast. Cause I feel like it would just bring the exact atmosphere that I want for like a D and D game where they're wandering and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I mean, I fucking love this song. This song is rad as shit. This is definitely a song that, you know, in an ABR album, you've got the three bangers, right, that they'll play live quite frequently. And then you got Gold. The rest of the album is so fucking great, right? It's the, the, the thing about ABR is it's great front to back. And so you have, you know, on this album, you have Ghosts, you have The Wake, you have Martyr, and you got um, Identity as, like, the songs that, you know, they're going to play or, you know, in the past they played, but you got songs like Separating the Seas and these ones, these uh, songs towards the end that are still just fucking 
bangers and just so great that you know you're, it just gets lost in the sauce almost when you look at their discography but this is one that yeah uh, it, there's just so much to it that it's so much fun to pick apart. Well, it, it came back to like kind of what made, in my opinion, August Burns Red keep my attention are these like memorable guitar parts. And for the last couple albums, they were so technical, but there was no really memorable guitar parts because you have like Backburner or like All of Messenger. Like I can hum pretty much all of those guitar parts from memory. And this is the first album since that I've really like, it's just the guitar work is memorable. It's smart. It's intelligent. It, it kind of touches on that a lot for this whole album. But this song, especially because like that little interlude, like you said, is something that stands out and you can pretty much, it's, it's in your head. It's infectious. You guys nailed it on the head. I have nothing else to add about this song. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, next, the next song is like legit. One of my favorite metal songs ever because i feel like it transcends genre and that is ghosts like i feel like yeah. they could make a pop version of this song they could make a country version of this song like just the way that it flows and the energy it has it's so hooky and catchy that it like literally would be an ideal song in any genre i think so this song is yeah without a doubt one of their best in my opinion or one of my favorites you know it's hard to say best because you know when somebody's like oh the songs are the best you gotta have you know evidence to prove that it's the greatest but all their songs are great and so for me this has always been one of my favorite songs just because there's there's just so much to this so well, how about you talk about it for a little bit, and I'll chime in. Then. <laughs> I actually have a large section of my notebook like laid out about this song because I am also very passionate about ghosts. And uh, three of from, us. Like, like you have an equation, <laughs> you have an equation that makes a song that stands out. You have like it, it's it's this kind of untangible. Like this has a crazy haunting intro. So like when you play haunting, it live, I love it. I love like, the word haunting. The haunting intro, like you play it live, and people know. On top of that, like when they recorded it, they had Jeremy from A Day to Remember record the clean vocals for this, which was a complete left turn from what the band has mostly done. They've never really had clean vocals in any of their tracks. In uh, in in uh, their last album, they they had yeah, like a, but, they have speaking parts, but no real clean singing. And yes, and the 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 whole theme for this album that I've kind of taken to my like to heart is they've they've. It's like a uh, a perfect culmination of th like themes they've tried in the past, and now they've applied it almost perfectly. Because like in the last album, they did all the like the interludes, but they kind of seemed out of place in my opinion. They were great, but they just kind of replaced a breakdown, or they didn't lead anywhere, or they didn't fit in the rest of the song with any sort of theme. But in this one, uh, like the clean vocals made sense. You had Jeremy come in and sing these clean vocals that just took the song into another genre for a second and then came back to a just a brutal finish for the song. Um, and their bass player pl like fills in live uh, with the, the clean vocals for them as a band. So I think he does a great job with it. But the, the song as a whole was a, a change for what they've done in the past. And it, it just really seemed the show grow like how the band grew and i'm ranting <laughs> i remember i remember when the set list came out i remember when the not yeah like just not the set list the you know all the album tracks came out 
And I remember seeing featuring Jeremy from a day to remember. I just remember thinking, oh shit, this is awesome. Because <laughs> up until this point, they've never had anybody featured on uh -huh. on a song. And so who do you bring in? You bring in the goat, you bring in Jeremy, you know? And Jeremy's an animal. <clears throat> and you bring this guy in and it just, he didn't take over the song. He just added a perfect little little piece to it that made it whole. And you know, I, I think this is a song that you get so much more out of it when you watch the music video. Music video is perfect, yeah. absolutely perfect. Yeah, I would have liked to see Jeremy in the video, but I would also like to see him do like some scream vocals alongside like Jake, yeah. Jake yeah. Uh, because they both have like I think it would have blended really well. Yeah, I agree. And it was almost like on Jeremy's that like when they did they had uh, the singer for um, the Devil Wears Prada in their one track like they had that was like a one feature that they did that for stuck a day out to remember. Me. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. It was what song was that? I'm gonna look it up. But uh, yeah, yeah totally they had a guest spot from the Devil Wears Prada, so like it was a, a time where the metalcore scene was so tight knit, and it brought me back to that. Yeah, like everyone was featuring someone in their albums, whether it was like Jake Owens or like uh, or you know Craig Owens or um, yeah, you know what I mean. But it. It, it took me back to a time when I first got into the metal scene where all the bands were so tight knit. No, I, I completely agree with that. And, you know, you had back in the day, you had all these bands, right? And you get a warp tour and there would just be all these bands that you would just love. And you, you felt like behind the scenes, they were all family and all got along. And the fact that you had, I mean, Jake, the singer, he had been on, he, he did features for other songs. He did like a Bless the Fall song and shit, but did he really? The first I didn't time. know that. Yeah, the Bless the Fall's best best album, in my opinion. He was on one of their songs, and I'll send it to you. It's fucking crazy. But it, for for ABR to bring somebody else on, you know, they have high standards, I'm sure. And to bring him on is just like, yeah, who else are we bringing on? Especially to do clean vocals. I'm sure. I'm sure for some people, this this song is controversial because you got those like super metal metalheads that it's like oh if they aren't screaming i'm not going to listen to it and this is a song that i feel like would would you know somebody with that mindset of oh if they're not screaming i'm yeah. not going to like it they could but get it doesn't feel forced it feels like no. you, you you're like wait what just happened like it, you're already through it and it didn't feel out of place and then when you kind of get back into it like wait what just happened here? Like, did he just sing to me and not yell in my ear? <laughs> yeah. <Did> he... <laughs> that's, that's something I have to say about this album for sure is like, it's every song is so different. And as it like is coming on, I'm like, Oh yeah, this is my favorite song on the album. And then the next song comes on. You're like, wait, no, no, this is my favorite. I like song this part from this song. <laughs> yeah. and I like this part from that song. Yeah. Like this, the like the clean vocals in this song are so fucking good. Like I just, yeah, I love this song so much. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm debating if we should put this song in this podcast too, or if we should pick the uh, the next. I song. think we should. You think this I is think the we one? Should. This is the one. Oh, wow. Let's do it. Put it <laughs> I mean, uh, okay, well, if I don't do this, I'll just cut this part out. But uh, here comes Ghosts by August Burns Red.
Jordan plays bass, right? Jordan's a bass player. No, Dustin. Dustin. There's nobody in the, it's Brent and JB. They're the two guitarists. Oh, no, Jordan, Matt, Jordan, Jordan played from like 2003 to 2006. He changed. He's an There's old There's nobody member. in the band named Jordan. Not anymore, no. See, this is why I got you guys on this podcast, because you guys have, like, a vocabulary awesome. about all this that I do not have. Dude, I've seen yeah. him over 15 times, man. What do you want to know? Yeah, Dustin Dustin does a great job at, like, can you imagine singing uh, or hearing Jeremy sing something and be like, yeah, you got to play that live for us now. You got to sing that. Well, he's a phenomenal after, bass after Jeremy. player, but... Yeah, but he plays guitar, too. Like, they've switched, yeah. they switched instruments, like, halfway through the show sometimes. They do that, and not only that, but Dustin writes many of the guitar parts. I think the, that's what I mean, Miles. You got to include this in the podcast. But I think what's so cool about this band is that every member contributes in such a cool way. So Brent and Matt are primarily the writers. Matt will write songs. Brent will write songs. And then you got Jake doing the screaming. But what's cool about Dustin, right? I, I feel like in most metal bands, you got, oh, the bass player, right? He's just chugging away a, a breakdown. As a bass player, there is a big stereotype against bass players. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But no, you got Brent or Dustin, who's this mastermind, who will, he writes a lot of the guitar parts. It's crazy. He, yeah, he writes a lot of the guitar parts. He does all the high screams. So all the really high screams you hear, that's Dustin. And especially live, man, that shit will just like, pierce your ears and it's so great yeah, he comes at it like for blood it's crazy yeah <laughs> but yeah that's the biggest thing is like every band contributes something and then you're watching a live show and they all come out with like a drumline setup with like drumline toms and snare drums and play this little rhythm interlude that you're just like what's happening right now it feels like a high school pep rally like yeah, that's yeah. really what it, that's really what it feels like yeah, yeah, where they come out, where they, they you have like the three percussionists just going at it hard, it feels like a pep rally. What do you mean three? What th- two or three? I forget. I, Dustin usually, and, and I'm Matt, usually yeah. drunk at the shows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I really regret not seeing them on New Year's when they came through. Oh my gosh, I didn't even know about it till the night of, and I was so goddamn mad. I've seen them in Philly, Pittsburgh, Lancaster, um, Maryland, like Baltimore. They're they're amazing live. And like I said, coming with my girlfriend, who is not a metalhead, always like always down to go see August Burns Red is a huge staple. I mean, do they play majoring in the minors when they play live? So we got to realize this album is five years old. So at that time, I believe they did. Um, I saw them. I remember I did go see when they when they toured this album. I went down to see them. I think twice. I think I saw their Christmas show uh, in December, and then in January I went down to Baltimore to see them. And I think they did play this song uh, then. I haven't heard it since then. Seen them quite a few times since then, but I don't think they've played it since then. Their Christmas show is something I've always wanted to catch. Well, now like, it's a it, Christmas festival, bro. Yeah, it's crazy now. They have red. bands coming. No, shit, man. Like, back in the day, I remember... I remember the one Christmas show, man. We had Carousel Kings, great pop punk band, uh, Texas in July, and Ice Nine Kills. I think that was like the one. That I think that amazing. was like the lineup for one show, which was ridiculous. That's crazy. But yeah, they started a festival now, which is at the Marriott over in, in, in Lancaster, 
Uh, but yeah, it's like a whole festival. I saw it this past year, and I mean, you had Miss May I like Moths to Flames knocked loose, like right there is a show in itself. And then to top it off, you got ABR. I mean, what the hell more do you want? Dude, well, Miss Texas May in I July is an interesting top. Yeah, Texas in July themselves. That and like this and the Apocalypse are two bands that you can't mention. I feel like August Burns Red and talk about hometown roots and not bring up. Oh, absolutely. You could talk about those bands. You could do a whole podcast about those bands for sure. Absolutely. But, so like Texas July's drummer uh, is now – is he still the drum check for, for Matt? No. He's not? Oh, okay. No. Well, he was for a while. But all the, these three big metal bands came from Lancaster, and they all knew each other. And it was a crazy, crazy like trifecta. Wait, yeah. wait, 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 wait. Are you telling me Texas in July is from Lancaster? Did I miss yeah. something here? I had yeah. no idea. My brain is dumb. Yeah, Adam and Matt are besties, bro. Adam and yeah, they're, Matt are besties. besties. They're drumming wow. in basements from like high school years. Wow, that's crazy. See, you guys are so much more knowledgeable than me. I'm so happy that you're on my podcast. What's cool right is, um, what's cool is, you know, from what from what I understand, you know, back in the day, you had Adam who, Adam Gray, started out. Yes, shout out to Adam Gray. You know, and start. You know, part of Texas in July. You had you know, you had him who I think looked up to Matt, and then Matt kind of I feel like took him under his wing and was like, "Let me show you, you know, the world of you know touring metal." And yeah. they they stood side by side for many years up until Texas stopped, and even now they're still they're still drumming together, still doing shit, and it I, it's just amazing to me the fact that the metal talent that has arisen from Lancaster. Dude, there's something in the water. It's there's something in the water. There's something in the <laughs> fucking shoe fly, shoe fly pie. That, yeah, they really. That, you eat enough yeah, shoe fly pie, you're gonna make brutal breakdowns. Dude, and then, you eat and then shoe you go fly to pie, you are going to just bang your head and just fucking hit the shit out of that china symbol. I'll tell you what, man. Yeah, like, well, then Grant McFarland, who he has a has he uh, is one of the best. He has a studio now out of Lancaster. Grant. Yes. So Think Loud Studios. He drummer uh, for This Is the Apocalypse. Yes, the original drummer for this or the apocalypse, because they had I think two after yeah. Grant, but you know the OG Grant McFarland himself. I mean, he drums for good old Galactic Empire. Shout out to Galactic Empire, the Star Wars metal band out there. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> but yeah, he, I'll send you that he, Miles because you need to be what's educated. So, <laughs> what's so cool is Grant, being a drummer himself, is the one who produces ABR's albums. I mean, he is the he is the mixer. He is he's the mastermind. He's the one that puts together all of their albums, and so he did their remasters of like of messengers, right? When they remastered when they remastered all of those original tracks, did, did yeah? He do the mixing? I think I think he has been. I think the band. I could be wrong, but I think the band has been with Grant recording with Grant since uh, Rescue and Restore, so the album before Found in Faraway Places. Uh, he has been the guy, him as well as Carson Slovak have been the ones that have done all of the work for these albums since since after Leveler. And I think they've all sounded, you know, fucking perfect. Yeah, they, they really are a perfection of mix because you can, like, I want to listen to bass some tracks, I want to listen to guitar some tracks, and to the drums some tracks, and all of it, like, if you look for something, you can, you hear it clearly. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I feel like in the last song ghost the the drummer he definitely like at one point stole the spotlight because he just like goes fucking hard out of nowhere yeah. 
And, the, and it's right before that fucking breakdown. Right mm-hmm. before that breakdown. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, mm. it's coming. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, such a, such a great build up, such a great fill. So great. So yeah. my favorite song on this album is majoring in the minors. I think I've said that like three times now, but the, <laughs> it made me laugh the first time I heard it because I was like, what, yes. <laughs> what is happening right yes. now? And now the yes. more I listen to it, it's like, Oh shit! This is like the best song on this album because they're like their yeah. musical prowess just rings through all of their genre changes. They're just so talented at everything they yeah. do. I think well, I laughed and I but I like smiled as I was laughing the first time I heard it. I wasn't laughing because it was funny or it was shitty. No, I was laughing because I'm like I don't know what to think right now. This is something <laughs> I've never heard. And I remember shout out to Tim Miller. I remember showing our buddy Tim this song. I was over at his house. I'm like, yo, man, you got to hear this song. And he was just like, what? But in a good way. You know, this yeah. is a song that that works. It's organic. It's it's great. But it's so different. It, it really made me chuckle because these guys are from, like, the middle of, like, Cornfield, Pennsylvania, <laughs> Amish country. And when I heard that little, like, country breakdown, I'm like, they're home. This is like, yeah, it's like a, I'm like a banjo on a porch, like it was so good. And then they pulled like that's the uh, the title of the album is pulled from lyrics from this track. Love it. Yes, it, everything comes like full circle, like I, between the country and I'm I'm not a country fan. Me neither. I like Ooh. I struggle with southern rock, and Jared knows how I feel about like Sweet Home Alabama. Yeah. Fuck Sweet Home Alabama. No, I'm just kidding. No, so, no, we can't say fuck Sweet Home Alabama. It's a classic, but it's a closer. It's like it's so that's the song we play when like when we have a show and they're like, Oh, play one more, play one more, and we're at like the country bar in Wrightsville and we're like, <laughs> All right, Sweet Home Alabama. But yeah. like this again, nothing from that song feels forced. And even something from a genre that I paid zero attention to feels okay. Yep. Absolutely. So you said that the the name of the album comes from this song, which I do agree. They do yes. say it in there. But isn't the next song called Found in Faraway Places? No, it's uh, Everlasting Ending. And then yeah. oh, is that there's no yeah, song on the album. No song on the yeah. album called Found in Faraway yeah, Places. Yeah, they pulled Found in Faraway Places from this album. Yep. Or from this, not album, Jesus, gotcha. this track. Yeah, because I'm fairly <laughs> certain that uh, Majoring in the Minors is how this podcast is going to end. So keep your ears peeled for that. So what did you say the next Peel. song is called? Uh, Everlasting Ending. Everlasting Ending. Kind of like a, kind of like a slower intro, right? So, mm-hmm. Sort of like a, uh, a song that you're just like, okay, it's like a nice break from majoring in the minors because majoring in the minors ends with this just like i want to go out and just chop down a bunch of trees and just like you know <laughs> i love around naked like it's just such a great fucking song it's anarchy, and yeah. <laughs> not to say everlasting ending isn't a great song that's what i'm saying but it, it starts out i think in a more kind of calming as uh, a, calming way as a guitar player um everlasting ending like they have a really jazz almost jazz infused interlude in this but then it leads to a guitar solo from jb that with between the sweeps that he puts in before the solo and like the sweep picking into the solo it's such a fluid transition like i was listening to it and i had to restart the song like eight times to try to figure out like i like to pick apart where the song uh 
divides between verse, chorus, interlude, and all that stuff, just as a composer. And this song is so perfectly blended, I couldn't really find the start and end to different sections. I found this song, like, I adore all the solos in it. Like, all the solos are so beautiful. If, if They've I, never uh, really done guitar solos before. Like, it was always a, like, chorus, verse, uh, bridge, and then, like, a breakdown. And now they're starting to pull out these crazy little guitar solos that just stand out and it's like above the rest of the music like it's not muddy or anything it just make it i love it this this track specifically i've written down sweeps and solos make sense yeah man like if any if a hardcore song can be called beautiful i feel like this is the one that could be called beautiful it just like even though it's sandwiched right in here with all these hardcore songs and it is a hardcore song but like just something about it, I feel like it it yeah. makes you feel good to listen to. It goes back to the whole theme of if you look for it, you'll find it. Like mm-hmm. with this whole album, like if you look for meaning in the lyrics, you'll find it. If you look for like a brutal breakdown, you'll find it. If you go look for a beautiful song, it's going to be there. Like that's the whole – for me, that's the theme. If you look for it, you'll find it for this whole album. And this song I, fits that perfectly. I feel like August Burned Red has always been a band that I'm like, this band is fucking great. Yeah. (laughs) You have some of the most talented musicians you could possibly imagine. I'm such a fanboy. It's not even funny. All in one band. But the point I'm getting at is you have these metalheads, right? You got the people that are coming out to these shows that just want to hear breakdowns and want to hear screaming. And... Not to say I don't like that. That's why we all like metal. We all want to bang our heads and just like have a good time. But the thing about ABR that I, that I need to say is that there's more to their music than, than just boundaries. the average listener realizes. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm like, you got Slipknot, right? The, the grandfathers of metal for our generation. Midwest metal, they, man. They defined their, the, the metal genre for our generation. And this yeah. is a band that I'm not saying they're like Slipknot, but I'm saying they're also a band that should define metal, but in a, almost in a different sense. Because well, they're changing metal... the definition of a genre. It's it like they are defined as metalcore, but they're changing what metalcore as a definition means. Metal's supposed to be this like angry, I hate the world, fuck this, fuck that, I'm gonna scream about whatever. But no, if you look at the lyrics. And I'm saying this, you know, for everlasting ending. You, you, you look at the lyrics for any of these songs, and it's not about the typical men, metal, metal mentality. It's about more than that. There's more to it. And so I hope that when a typical stereotypical metalhead listens to this or listens to this album, they listen to it with an open mind that it's metal. Like, don't no denying that it's it's metal. But it's, it's going to challenge heavy. a lot of beliefs. It is, and I think that's a great way to put it, Will. I wrote at the end of my notes on this song, definitely a religious song. It's the only one that rubs it in your face, but I don't even mind. So, for whatever that's <laughs> yeah. I'll just take it. You're right. <laughs> so, after that song, we come up on Broken Promises. And when I hear August Burns Red, like when someone says, oh, do you like August Burns Red? This is the song that immediately just like blasts in my brain is Broken Promises. Fun huh. fact, so the other day I, I did see that the guitarist, JB, uh, had said that this is one of his favorite songs, like really? top two favorite songs. And I've been... uh, this is a song they yeah. don't play live, and I fucking wish they did because 
It was a great song. Well, they would need a bell I've been man. Following there. Like, you need would someone you, who's like running could, around banging bells and shit to make this. You song could do that on. for the miles. Nope. I feel like I'd be like, hey, I have a bell man for you. I mean, I'm I, a bellman. <laughs> like a bellboy? Like I would I be got, the bellboy, yes. the guy. <laughs> He's Not here. a bellboy, a bellman. Yes. Bellman. Bell bell, yeah. bell guy. I mean, Blue Man Group has a bellman, so I don't see why August Burns Red can't have like a bellman. That's right. <laughs> uh, JB group. has been doing playthroughs on, like during this whole quarantine thing. He, on on their YouTube, he's been playing through like their track list, just guitar parts, and I've been studying like uh, a religious text for like figuring <laughs> out, figuring out like picking like picking like how where stuff comes in or how he picks stuff because it's so technical. This is one of the ones that's his favorite song, but like I've been watching him play uh, all the tracks. I've been trying to figure out, and I'm because of this whole quarantine thing. <laughs> I mean, it's a yeah. It's really cool. He's doing that. I like. It's really cool. I like to like this is day five, and like this is this song, and his cat's playing with his phone in the background. Every day, his beard gets a little bigger. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. <laughs> is Matt gonna grow his beard again? I, I wonder. <laughs> he, grew the, he grew the hair out. I remember seeing him. He grew the hair out, and he had the nice uh, yeah. the shoulder look, like uh, kind of like a constellation. Era, yeah, back when he was back. doing like those tracks with the hoodie and the long hair. <laughs> yeah, that's right, dude. All those drum covers and yes. videos with the beard and the long hair and the the hoodie. I was definitely he looks like a different person. <laughs> yes, like a metal Jesus. <laughs> behind the kid, metal Jesus. Oh my god, metal Jesus raging behind the kid, man. Dude, he's an animal. Quick he's thing on that drums, though. He's building a drum studio right now. Right, he is. And quick thing on that, man. The thing I have to say, because you know, I I feel like you need the, to give a little background on your relationship with with Matt. Yeah. So it... I I do have to say, back in 2012, I took a couple lessons with him, drum lessons, and I remember I walked into that drum lesson nervous as fuck. I think I stopped at like four different gas stations on the way. You get like you get like the nervous keys or nervous like peas. really fucking nervous, like the, the nervous shits, right? So this guy growing up is my drum idol and I'm about to take a lesson from him. You forget everything. You forget how to hold the sticks, you forget like how drums work, you forget everything. I walked into that <laughs> lesson like I it was my first lesson. I mean, I could set a home shred all I want, but I'm sitting in front of my idol and and I'm supposed to like play. No, I'm gonna be nervous as hell. And so to sum it up, you know, he, we, I took some lessons from him and over the years just kind of kept in touch. And the one thing I'll say is that not only him, but the rest of the band, but, you know, just talking about Matt, because I know him better than the rest and I know him pretty well, is that he's just the most humble dude you'll meet. And I think that's the thing to say about this band, say about August Burns Red is that I don't think they have like a, like a, like a bone in their body that's like pompous. You know, like I'm gonna walk around like I'm better than everybody else. They're humble as shit, and I that's think the Lancaster in them. It's, it, it, I'm sure it is, but it you know, is. It's that where we work hard in the fields, and we're gonna get <laughs> out what we put in. Matt's and the it, kind of guy that'll give you the the shirt on his back if you need it, and he's well, probably you're the nicest kid. person you're I've ever kid. met. 
you're like every time we go up, we play a live show. You like I'm looking at your symbols and stuff. And you're like, oh yeah, Matt, like the symbols from Matt. He suggested Matt's, this one. Matt's been very generous to me for helping me build my drum set. And yeah, I it makes a difference in our live shows. And I feel like, <laughs> yeah, <dude. Matt>. like <laughs> really, like we'll be in the middle of a, a song and I'll look over because I hear China symbols just hammering. <laughs> and little, like, I'm like, that's Matt right China, there. <laughs> little mini China or a mini splash. Yeah, but I just got to say that is that regardless of what you get out of this podcast, is you got to understand that these these people, these musicians, they're, they're so kind, they're so nice, they're so generous. I mean, Matt gives lessons. The, the singer of ABR started a nonprofit organization to help people through depression and an outlet for people going through hard times. And I helped out with that for a little bit. And it, yeah, it's just a band that it's all about just making great music and just making they're just trying to better everybody, but not in like a forced way. It's an organic way, which can't be said about other bands. And it's just awesome. Yeah. I mean, they, they sound like they're like super good dudes. I, I need to find a way to meet. They are guys. fucking like, super dudes. Yeah, really man. Like, yeah, it's, man. I've only, I've met them at like a, uh, like as Brahmi bought us the behind, like the meet the band passes and like it like you meet them and they just talk to you like oh hey what's up what'd you have for lunch blah, blah, blah. like it's it's not like a star like all right take your picture and leave like they are really like grassroots homegrown good guys i re- quick story i remember one time i went to go see i went to go go to work tour uh with a buddy of mine and the day before i went to go to work tour my uh, foot was stung by a couple bees. So I got stung in the leg. It wasn't the foot. It was the leg by a couple Arrow bees. Arrow to the knee. Yeah, dude. So my foot <laughs> was swollen that I could barely even fit it into my shoe. No lie. Like, my shoe looked bigger than my other shoe. My foot was so swollen, <laughs> and it hurt like a That's motherfucker. Funny, but I'm like, funny. I'm not going to not go to Warp Tour. Like, period. Yeah. I'm not going to not go to Warp Tour. Went to Warp Tour, right? And... So met up with Matt, drummer, talking to him for a little bit. And this is just to prove like how nice these people are. So sitting there talking, he looks down at my foot. He's like, what happened to your foot? I told him, I'm like, I got stung by a couple bees. I'm allergic to bees. He's like, does it hurt? I was like, not to be a little bitch, but yeah. A little I mean, bit. My foot is swollen. Like <laughs> a little bit. On it. He's like, well, let's go to the med tent. So he takes me to the medical tent. Like He walks me to the medical tent. And he's like, can you help my friend here? His foot swollen. And they're like, now nah, we can't really do anything for that. He's like, whatever. He's like, here, I have some ibuprofen. Come. So we go on the bus and he gives me some ibuprofen. But it's just like that's that right there in a nutshell just kind of proves like the kind of people they are. But they're the not like like that. It's crazy that yeah. it's just like and so, a collective group of people. And that's why yeah. bands work. You find enough people of the same mentality, but like they're a shunnies. And I feel like this whole podcast is just fanboying over them, but like it, it, it can't is. be said enough of just like how genuine the whole thing is. Yes. Speaking of genuine, next song that we have on the list. <laughs> Great segue. Time for a word from our sponsor, no, our genuine sponsor. Our genuine sponsor. Viagra. <laughs> did you say Viagra? He did. 
I wish Viagra was a sponsor. Holy shit, that would be the best sponsor ever. Where you How get a does four, Viagra you get a, fit in with ABR? You get a four-hour podcast or you have to call a doctor. <laughs> you don't need Viagra. Just listen to Found and Far Away Place. Yeah, Vanguard, you'll bro. A, you'll be ready to go for days, baby. Let me tell you about hey, Vanguard. <laughs> so um, I think the next song we have is Blackwood is on the list. Is that what? Blackwood. Yeah. This song yes. felt yes. like a heavy metal opera to me. Like it's so dramatic. <laughs> yes. It's so dramatic, but at the same time, like it's another one of those songs where I'm like walking around singing the lyrics as I'm like making a grilled cheese or people, whatever. People have done cello covers of this song. Really? Like if you if you Google Blackwood ABR, like one of the first videos that pops up is a cello cover. That's awesome. What's so cool about this band is on some of their previous albums on like the deluxe editions, especially like Leveller, you got you got people doing piano renditions to the songs. And that shows that this band is not about just being heavy. This band is not about no, just they're throwing musicians. like some riffs in there. No, they're making genuine like music in terms of mm-hmm. in terms of the melodies, in terms of everything. There's so much to it. And like you said, well the, the cello covers right like you got you got a cello player covering a metal song like you don't see that with other metal bands and that there's a lot to say about that yeah yeah they're yeah. like they're and, so hands down. and like it's another one of those songs where i'm like so the lyrics go uh you say there's no hope for me i know what i believe like that's the big hook of the song and i'm wondering if that anger is directed at like judgmental christians or if it's directed at atheists or like who's coming at them for what they believe i feel like it could go either direction because they're like covered in tattoos and shit just the main hook is you say there is no hope for me but i know what i believe so well and the the following line is if a rich man can't get into heaven where will you dwell and it's such a like the first part it's like uh that reminds me of if you live like people who live in glass houses should not throw stones and like some of the most judged pe- mental people I've come across have been successful people, and it's like, well, like if you want to judge me, like should you look at like where you're coming from? And it's such yeah. a, it it shows both sides of the fence in this whole, this track, and I really like that because like one line is then contradicted by the next line, and then it's followed up by like the it's like each line elaborates on the the previous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this time around, I found an appreciation, more of one than ever, for the song 21 Grams. Do you guys know why it's called 21 Grams? I do not. Uh, They say that 21 grams is how much your soul weighs. So if you're like on a scale when you die, that when your soul leaves, it weighs 21 grams. And I never knew the name of the song, which is probably what caught my attention. Because like the lyrics are, um, what kind of cruel truth presents itself in the moment that you die so i just that caught my attention there's a movie called 21 grams where the only reason i know anything about it is because naomi watts so (laughs) so and that's how i learned that 21 grams is supposed to be how much your soul weighs or anything but uh no weirdly enough i've read read articles about that not with this song but like when are they weighing people as they die uh, I guess so. Uh, we're going to take a quick pee break, I think, and then we'll come back and we'll keep talking about this song. Cause That's great. I really have to pee, too. I, I was oh going to switch on this. and off with him. But, oh, my God. <laughs> it's all good. Let's do it. 
I came back and I'm like, nobody's here. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> we, just, we just left. All of you. We're just like, hi, I'm Jared. <laughs> I think and we I all feel pee. better. I'm so sorry, Miles. No, I think we good. all just handled it. Was one of those I've had like, like four whew. beers since I started. So Yeah, I'm on yeah. Uh, I'm on number yeah, three. Yeah, I'm right only on number three. I bought a variety Cheers pack. I bought, a, I bought a, what, a variety pack of Victory Brewing, and it's been – like they're, that's a good one. Which uh, I got did you get Gold Monkey? In yeah, there? I, I had Gold Monkey, and then I have Dirt Wolf. Ooh, Dirt Wolf's okay. Dirt... I'm not a big victory. Yeah, guy. but they're all like nine plus percent. They're oh yeah, they're hammers. Oh yeah, Golden Monkey oh, yeah. will fuck your shit oh, yeah. up. Yeah, yeah, dude. I love. I tell you what, the, be- the best brewery I've I've discovered in the past year or so has been Evil Genius. Without I love a doubt, Evil Genius. Really? Oh, I've had much incredible. Best best names. Yes. Best beer taste. I mean, I haven't found something I didn't like by them. I also shout out to this. You got Sweetwater. Sweetwater. I saw that. A little Sweetwater. Four twenty. Uh, Four twenty. Uh, Mango Kush. Big fan. Mango Kush. I feel like you could do it. You could IPA. also probably do like a spinoff, like Bottle Dump, Miles. Yeah, there's a lot of podcasts that are like, "What are we drinking today?" and like podcasts that do that people send them free beer so i'm like hmm this is yeah. not a bad idea <laughs> capitalization yes the only problem with drinking beer during a podcast is my mic is so sensitive i can hear the bubbles coming out my chest yeah it's There's like it's just nothing like i can do to stop it <laughs> every time i, I mean, lean over like about, this i'm like belching what's great about abr is i mean they got their own damn beer right yeah got- first of all i need to try that what it's empty i'm sorry they have their own beer yeah, so Elder Pine, okay. The the bassist brother is the guy who uh, who brews it down in Elder Pine, down in Maryland. Okay, it's a Maryland brewery, uh, but they do special releases. So when uh, Constellations came out, they did like two brew two brews for the Constellation ten uh, year anniversary tour. Um, but with their new album Guardians, they're doing a, I think it's like a guava IPA or something like that, or some Holy sort of shit. IPA for uh, that release. So yeah. It's good. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah, Matt gave me one of these. It was a double IPA. It was very orangey, eight percent, good shit. I feel like I would. They would be my best friends, and I'd be the guy that they'd be like, "Oh, Miles is here," but like they're everything I love in humans. It sounds like. So. Yeah. It's like <laughs> guys, Miles is here. Yes. <laughs> He's a nice enough guy, but we don't really Hi, have guys. much in common. <laughs> <laughs> So I heard that you guys are making a new guava beer. Is this true? <laughs> is it a seltzer? Super, super nerdy about it. Yeah. Is it a hard seltzer? Yeah, yeah, like, sleeping with Sirens would put out a seltzer. ABR is all about the IPAs. I forgot yeah, all about Sleeping with Sirens. Oh, my God. Oh, God. They would put out a seltzer. Yeah. Anyway, we're talking about the song 21 Sirens. Um so the only other thing I want to say about the song 21 Grams is that it has my absolute favorite riff on the whole album at it. Uh, I wrote, uh, Budo Bip Bo Dip Boop Bada Boop Bip Boo. So <laughs> I, I can't think of it that's off the your, top of my head. That's your tab? That's, that's, yep. your, like, that's his like MIDI conversion. <laughs> and, and then I wrote LOL next to it because I knew I wasn't going to remember what that, <laughs> that meant. I love it. Yep. Can you give us a timestamp? Uh, the part with the really cool riff, you know. Oh, that one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that one. Right. Uh, do you guys have anything else you want to say about 21 Grams by chance, or are we going to jump into the last song? 
No, it's just a really smart. Twenty-one grams is just a smart track all around. Like from the twenty-one grams definition of the weight of a soul to the science behind it, like it's just a smart track. Indeed, and then of course Vanguard is the most epic conclusion to an album you could possibly imagine. It has an interesting, um, yeah, it's an interesting song to end an album with. Very, uh, I feel like on every ABR album they try to throw in like a. Uh, a strictly musical song with limited vocals and this is this is that track and you know in previous albums you had like meridian which is uh a great just i love that song not 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 full of vocals just you know very musical and this is the one for here and it kind of has like a very like electronic almost uh, feel well, you, to it at the beginning yeah it has like a midi intro and yeah. i know in a couple of their other albums they've done like midi versions of their songs which are actually just like cool. the tablature like renditions of a lot of the songs but it's cool yeah uh, with how it comes in it's it's almost like them testing the waters for something crazier to come mm-hmm. like i feel like in a lot of the songs they test the waters for like what their next album is going to be and I like I feel like this is a precursor to some some crazy stuff to come. The one thing to say about ABR, which can't be said about most bands, is they try their best to what's what's in the album, what they're playing. That's what you hear live. There's not a lot of you know background tracks that are being played as they're playing live. It's like what you hear is what you're getting. What you hear is are people playing the music, and when you see it. You're seeing that too. It's not a whole lot of like background stuff, which for some bands that that's their thing. That's their thing to kind of have a lot of backing tracks that they play to that play to it live. To, like they have it playing in the background yeah. during live shows or stuff like that. Or like yeah, but the bands that come that. out to an intro live. Yeah, that's like attack that attack type stuff. I love attack attack. Yeah. Shout out it's, to Attack Attack right It's there. very similar to stuff that they, they would have like that backing track for like uh, almost like an EDM intro that moves into a metal track. But even not even so electronic. So many bands now will record things and it'll be on an album. But when you see them live, they're not playing that. that that's yeah. just going through the speakers and... You know, you're not you're not gonna get that with ABR. When you go to an ABR show, you're you are they are putting in the work. They are playing for what you paid to see them. So I love you pay a ticket, you go to see them. They're making it worthwhile because they're putting the work in for sure. I love the fact that they put out, and this is going to a different album, but like their Phantom Anthem, they put out an instrumental version of their album. They did that with this one too. Yeah, yes, they did. It, Love it. It's ridiculous. And as a guitar player, like I, like I said earlier, like I use a lot of their licks as like a uh, a warm up exercise for bass and guitar. And the fact that they put out albums knowing that like people just like their instrument parts is like no one does that. The only other man I saw that does it is Protest the Hero, which I will nerd out over <laughs> yeah, for they're, hours. They're fucking bad. You love your uh, protest. You dude, love they just, your protest. Their newest track, Canary, is about Amelia Earhart. It's phenomenal. Go listen to it. <laughs> I can definitely so, do that. That sounds awesome. Right on. It's right. great. But yeah, they put out an instrumental version and like it shows like they're just not you can take apart like take the lyrics out and the song still st- stands on its own as a an achievement almost like it's a 
it's a monument. Like each out, each track is a monument because you can take the lyrics out, and it still stands up as something people want to listen to. Essentially, this podcast is just us nerding out. Yeah, I'm on I'm a, my for first knees for audience right right now. <laughs> well, it's funny that you guys say that because this podcast has a mission. Uh, I don't know if you guys have listened to it. I imagine you haven't. The uh, I actually did today. Did I you? went for a walk. With, not by myself. That would be fucking weird. He walked alone. Uh, with my, well, just around know, the living room. I take my dog for many walks a day because it's quarantine life and what else? You, you don't have do? a dog. Yeah. What do you mean? You he was in my dog. wedding. He's imaginary. <laughs> you don't have a he was, dog. You were you talking at about my this wedding. Dog? <laughs> my dog was in the wedding, motherfucker. No, but there was no, no dog, so Jared. I did listen to this podcast, um, the Friday the 13th, oh. uh, Jesse Druck. Uh, version yes, on, oh. on Spotify because it's on all major platforms. Shout out to iTunes and Spotify. Uh, d- I did listen to it. So thank you, you know. awesome. That that makes me so happy. Thank you for listening. Of course, man. Um, of course. So I follow you on Instagram. Of course. No, that's yeah. that's also true. Um, so the the purpose of this podcast is to determine in my massive pile of CDs that I have if I'm going to get rid of the disc that we're reviewing. And uh, <laughs> before, I know you guys are going to say no, but I have some things I have to tell you about the disc I have. I have the special edition that has the MIDI files on the end and stuff, but my car got flooded a car ago, my last car, and the envelope is pretty fucked, and the disc got pretty scratched in the removal of that, so it kind of skips a little Ooh. bit. I have Sorry all the music. That. I have all the music yeah. on my computer, so it's not like I don't have it. Do you guys think I should get rid of that disc? No. How did you come across the? Did you go to Fye yeah. to buy the disc? I did. Then you did something in your life. Like that's that's you putting effort into a physical object. Mm. Keep it, but do something creative with it. Like make a wall art piece out of it, or do something with it. Like the music stands up, but the meaning behind the physical object is there because of the background that the band has and the effort that they put into the music. I feel like you could do something physical with the disc that make it worthwhile, even if it doesn't function. In the year of 2020, where music is, it's almost disposable, where it's yeah. all about streaming, right? You, you, you stream everything. It doesn't mean anything. I, I listen to like 30 like, seconds of a modern track and then like switch tracks to hear the next 30 seconds. It's, it's for a sad. lot, of, a lot mean, of modern music. For for my favorite bands, obviously, I mean, I, I'm a Spotify user. I use Spotify for everything. I think it's amazing. I think it's great. But for my favorite bands, I'll still buy their album because the amount of work that it takes a band to to put an album out for, I, I can't even imagine. It's crazy. I mean, I'm a drummer. I love music. I love playing, but to to spend all the hours of blood, sweat, and tears grinding it out. We recorded and, like one track, and it was like back with the Marianas band. Like we recorded yes. one track, and it was like crap ton of effort to put into that. Oh one my god, track. I remember that track. Yeah, though. so back, I forgot that you guys were in. Anyway, <laughs> really? Yeah, I do. I actually remember that. Back in the day, holy we had, MySpace me, days. Me and Will were in a band. Yes, in the MySpace days, we had a band. We put out a song, but. You know, when when you hold something in your hand and you look at it, the thing that I always think about before I keep something or I throw it away is nostalgia. So does it bring you back to a memory? Does it bring you back to something that makes you happy or makes you feel something? And if it's a good feeling, then fucking keep it. Because 
Like, do you still have like the album itself that the you field. can slide that disc into? Uh, yeah, I gotta have it in like a book now because the the envelope thing is fucked. But I have the actual disc, still. so yeah. yeah, keep that shit. All right. How many things can you like see? Like, you like I have a memory attached to this physical item. Yeah, a lot. Like that, it's that's why I have a giant a collection. <laughs> but yeah, the... well, yeah, I know. Yeah, you do. You do have a, quite a few of those. <laughs> but <laughs> but, I, I but I definitely like, love this album. This is like one of the best heavy. But metal if there's albums something ever. worth keeping, like it's definitely not gonna be like. You definitely aren't gonna keep something that doesn't make you feel. Yeah. Yeah. And the whole theme of this album is it's relatable. So like, if you can relate to the physical object that the album comes in, that. That in itself speaks volumes. Hmm, I like that. I think as you continued this podcast, I think the thing that when at the end of the podcast, when you look back at the thing that you are talking about, it's it's are you feeling something from it? Is there some sort of nostalgia towards it? Does it make you feel something good? Does it make you feel something bad? I think anything you keep, because I think the three of us sitting here talking, we're all nerds, right? Yeah. Oh, 100%. I, I, I wonder about Star Wars until the day I fucking die. So, <laughs> I anything, yeah. So, anything dealing with, with for nerds, I, uh, this is going off on a quick tangent, but I feel like nerdy people are very materialistic. Where well, they're, pas- they're passionate about, yeah, anything, the, uh, mater- anytime, like things. Anytime you're passionate about something, you want something tangible to relate to that thing that you have a memory with and so for you miles our creator of this podcast if this album found in faraway places by abr if if it makes you feel something if you have good memories to relate to it with this physical disc that unfortunately has been destroyed or been broken you put your you put your you earphones know, in his head yeah, you, you did <laughs> like, this is august burns red figure it out <laughs> like that in itself is a memory like if i think someone... you gotta keep it man i think you gotta keep it well, if there... someone put something in my ears today i'd be like six feet because <laughs> you're responsible <laughs> you got long right. arms get back social, social distancing baby <laughs> yeah that's the world we live in now well there yeah, we have it crazy. folks we are gonna be keeping this disc i think awesome I, i'm keeping mine I would hope so. And keep in mind, of course. Keep in mind, I don't. I don't even own a CD player. Really? I just found no. my old like, Walkman a couple a months ago. I have the disc, but I do not have a CD player. I will keep buying the discs. I will. My computer keep does them. not even have a CD slot, but I yeah. still have the disc. Like I, exactly, no, it's yeah. staying. You got to support. You got to support the artists, no matter who it is. When they say support local bands, no matter how big they get, they still need support. True this enough. one included. Well, speaking like of it. supporting local bands, I, uh, I I don't want to say I abandoned this band. There's a band that used to do our theme song called Memoria, and the my audience overall was saying they found the, the music um, polarizing because it's heavy metal music, and that's not for everybody. But since this is a heavy metal-themed episode, I'm going to say thank you to the band Memoria for the use of the song Demeter off of album. Dude, Memoria's what's up. Yeah, they, they're Shout out. off of the album Daughter of the Seasons. It's great music. You can find it on Bandcamp at Memoria Metal. I also, uh, I'm going to skip out, I think, on the other ones, the other bands that I usually thank, because I don't think I'm going to include them in this episode. Much love still, but I don't think they're going to be in it. Uh, I also want to let you guys know that if you need to reach out to me, you can go to discdumppod at gmail.com. That's D-I-S-C, 
D-U-M-P-P-O-D at gmail.com. Don't forget the little pee-pee in there. It's important. On Twitter, I'm at the Disc Dump. On Instagram, I'm at the Disc Dump Podcast. And on Facebook, you can join the Disc Dump Podcast fans group. It's a great place to see all the promotional materials and every episode as it gets uploaded. Thank you guys so, 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 so much for doing this podcast with me. This is such a good one. This was a fun one. I yes, had a blast. This was a lot of fun. I'm going to just shout out to the next upcoming. We got the one that we're going to do. Yeah. Yeah. What are I don't we talking know about? how much you want to release about that. Oh, uh, uh, Rob Zombie. Yeah, Rob Zombie. We're going to do a Rob Zombie Mr. one. Mr. Rob Zombie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, do you guys have anything you want to plug or promote on the podcast before we close it out? Uh, just our band. Strange Symmetry. We're going to be at the Burning Bridge shortly once all this is over. Dude, we were supposed to play July 4th is our next we're, one. No, yeah. July 4th is, I think, our next tomorrow. one. I know. Oh, man. Just our band, Strange Symmetry. We're on Facebook sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> we're on Facebook sometimes. Mentioned it, but definitely do that. It's got Holy Ghost Notes. It's um, it's a great podcast. It's, it's half drums, half a God topic and Matt's a very religious dude. Um, but the podcast itself, I feel like is great for people who like drums, like music, but also like just hearing something uplifting. It's, it's a like they tie in religion, they tie in Christianity, but it's not, it's positive. It's just, it's, it's, it's not, it's, it's like their music, man. It's not like super, I mean, it, it is religious, but it's not super like, I'm going to shove this down your fucking throat and you gotta listen. You know, it's mm-hmm. none of that. It's, it's none, it's Jesus, not that at all. And so if, you know, if you need a good podcast to listen to, um, I'd highly recommend it. Awesome. Yeah. And what's it called and who's it by? Uh, it's uh, Holy Ghost Notes. It's uh, by Matt Greiner and Tim Anderson. Awesome. All right. I will make sure to put that in here. Make sure we plug that. Yeah. And last but not least, you know, about our boys in August Burns, right? Yeah. I just want to say, I just want to say that you will never find a band more humble, more giving, more just for their fans, just all around great fucking dudes. Dude, as I can't, I can honestly say I wouldn't be playing to the level of music that I feel like I can play if not for them because of, uh, my drive to learn the music that I like to listen to. Like it's really because of them in a lot of ways that I, I I've reached some of the levels I've reached and Jared and I for since high school have played together because we like the same music. So That's I blame awesome. them. Yeah, man. I want to, I want to <laughs> send a special thank you to them also for allowing me to feature their music in this episode, because it would not be the same if we couldn't actually show you what we are referencing so thank you guys so much for that i did i did a cd podcast where i didn't have the rights to any of the music so i had to just like mm. sing it it was bad it was, it was bad because you have to do like less than five seconds so, oh, oh yeah that's right you have... everything oh yeah i was everything it, that wouldn't be fun i was doing the music from nightmare before christmas so i was like la 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 it was bad Bad, bad, bad. <laughs> ooh, ooh. good <laughs> so, music but ooh. yeah it was rough, rough. all righty um right. so my sign off for this show is i usually say it's completely random sentences so i say don't forget to blank i just say whatever and then the guest usually says and and they come up with one but since there's three of us so i'm gonna okay. say uh will you're gonna be and so i'm gonna say don't forget to whatever Will, you're going to say and and say something, just a simple sentence. And then, Jared, you're going to say but. 
and then say a simple sentence. Sound good? Okay. I like it. Don't forget that cigar boxes have value. And injecting ink into your eye is a bad idea for a tattoo. But at the end of the day, don't forget. And I'm going to take, like, not the funny approach, but, like, the the, the nice approach on this. Is, but don't forget all the people out there working hard during this COVID-19 shit, you know? No. There's some people out there doing a lot of doing a lot of work essential workers man i gotta i gotta give a shout out to the essential workers but don't forget you know don't forget your essential workers so you know give them a thanks give them (laughs) yes give them a high five next well don't give them a high five because you can't touch people but yeah six feet high five six feet yeah yeah six feet high five i think the new thing should be winking like winking Winking? people like just yeah, that could hey, go feet, badly like, at all. <laughs> yeah, no, but you're six feet away, so what does it matter? Yeah, <laughs> I like it. I like it. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. I couldn't have said it better myself. And uh, we'll catch you next week. And now, majoring in the minors.